Welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. Real people, real talk, real magic. Hello there, lovely listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Tarot Coven podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jasmine. I'm Jekinovia. And I'm Jesse. And this time on the show, we're kicking off a series of episodes all about the suits of the tarot. Our journey begins in the element of fire with the suit of wands. We'll be talking about the energy of the wands overall, some correspondences, and then we'll take a closer look at the cards from ace through 10. But first, when this episode drops, it will be International Men's Day. So we thought we'd just take a little bit of time up front to highlight a few male-run IG accounts that we are totally in love with. So I'll I'll get us started with that. I am just going to highlight one account today, and that's Bobby from Outsider Tarot. And I love Bobby so much. I love his spirit. I love his energy. He recently shared this little story clip where he basically said, if you're voting for Trump, get the fuck off my page. And it just filled me with so much joy. Uh, I just, yeah, I love his spirit, but he's creating this tarot deck called the Outsider Tarot Deck, and it is a reimagining of the tarot. And essentially, I mean, everything feels really new and revamped. And, you know, he's got a a different uh, naming system for all of the suits. The court cards are kind of, you know, there's no court anymore. There's no kings and queens. It's all really elemental based. And the color palette just pops on this deck. The artwork is so unique. And it's really for, he really talks a lot about how this tarot deck is for outsiders. It's for queer people. It's for uh, witches. It's for people who kind of live in the margins and want to take magic back. And I I love the way he talks about tarot. Go give him a follow because he's doing a card of the day most days and he will use his own deck. And he's really talking about the process of reimagining each card. And it's so interesting. And uh, hopefully he'll have a Kickstarter up soon. So yeah. What about you guys? Who are you going to highlight? I picked three because I couldn't choose. I'm terrible for that. I flame my Gemini rising. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hi, kitty. (laughs) I apologize. No. Mr. Much. Never apologize for a little Mr. Mudge uh, cameo. I don't know why he always... He's our podcast, Katie. We're so happy he's feeling good. (laughs) He's just our little mascot. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, the first one I picked was I Am Sam Star. Um, They are a a Reiki magician, esoteric soul healer, intuitive and energy tarot reader. Just, I really love a lot of the inspirational things. They um, post that that he makes and it's uh there's a lot of inspiration but well thought out and then of course there's always the humor so it's just an all around really well-rounded account i follow love it definitely recommend um with the shaman shaman sorry uh energy and oracle reader crystal healing please 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 catch one of his lives he's just he's got such a gentle soft-spoken it's just beautiful to listen to him i love his spirit so please check him out and my third one is the account is SOTW with Rowan. So that stands for Season of the Witch with Rowan. He has a podcast. He identifies as a queer and eclectic witch. 
And he recently had an episode and he discussed problematic ancestors. And it just really, Mm. I love the way that he was able to just kind of get to the issue. Didn't make it uncomfortable, was really light and um, positive about it, but still hit a really solid subject. So I just really great energy there too. Awesome. Well, I picked Gold Star Astrology and this is Casey Scott. He is a friend of mine um, that I met through my journey through Ayurveda, but he's a Jyotish or Vedic astrologer. And for anyone who's not familiar, you've got yoga, but then you have the sister science of Ayurveda and Jyotish astrology, also known as sidereal astrology. And it's very interesting, the differences between Western and Vedic and the I just love on his page, he's always talking about the transits, what's going on in the month, explains the differences between Western and Vedic or Jyotish astrology. And I think there is great education and um, can be very impactful for anyone who is interested in astrology to have all the layers there. So Casey always has the good stuff. In fact, many of the masters follow his account And he's one of those guys that a few years ago um, started to get his own certifications in it. And if you talk with him or have a reading from him, which I just recently did, and it absolutely blew my mind, you just know that he has been studying this for lifetimes. Like there's just no way that he could have picked up on all of the nuances. And it is a very complicated science. (laughs) And so definitely definitely check out gold star astrology. I've seen some of the posts that you've shared from Casey and they're always super interesting. I mean, I like my love is definitely with Western astrology, but I really enjoy reading what's happening on sort of the other side of things too. He has a great way of explaining what's going on. Yes. And he is so much about, you know, kind of just removing all the, any dramatics, <laughs> like, Hey, this is what's going through yeah. the sky right now. So yeah. Yeah. So cool. And I know you're studying some Vedic astrology right now. Isn't that right? Um, yes. I took a, his intro class and have been reading a couple of books and through, so I actually never had a full reading from him. I've sent my daughters and they had just like, it was, was really great for them at their younger ages to realize that this life has a purpose and the ascendant is really the focal point for Vedic astrology and kind of what that means. From my reading last week, one of the key takeaways was when I was born under a certain uh, moon, it indicated that this gift, or sorry, this life is a gift from the ancestors. And it resonated with me so much because I I feel that way. I I just feel like my life has been very much about love. And while there, you know, it hasn't always been roses, I am so, so blessed. And I'm, you know, with the positivity and just like, you know, it's, it has been compared to most a very easy life (laughs) in the grand scheme of things. And he goes, this life is a gift to my ancestors. And I've always known that. I'm like, there's a reason why. I've either had some real shit go down in other (laughs) past lives that this one's kind of a breather for now. But yeah, it was really a a fun and interesting conversation. So maybe we'll talk more about that on another episode. Yeah, I hope so. Because you kind of, you've taken the coven's birth information, just like I have with the Western side of things. And I am so pumped to learn about that 
Yeah, my chart in Vedic. So I think we should definitely uh, no, do an episode we should, we should on have it. him on maybe and he can, he yes. can explain, it, explain it to all of us. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I actually want to hear once once Jess has figured out the, the Vedic part of it, I want to hear the two of you discuss both together and I'll just sit and listen to that for hours. Yeah, that would be super fun. <laughs> well, I, I cannot hold any weight to the conversation. I, you know, Jazz definitely is uh, further along in that uh, knowledge than I am. But who knows? Maybe like season five, we'll have a... <laughs> That five-year goal. (laughs) All right. And then before we dive into the wands, I did just want to mention that in case you haven't seen it over on our Instagram, we are asking listeners to give us some five-star reviews, please. And thank you. It really helps us get noticed, you know, all the algorithm stuff that I don't really understand, but I know that it helps us get noticed on podcast platforms. And as a show of our gratitude for you guys doing that, We will happily give you a free one card reading on an episode of the show. And if you in if in your review, you leave like, oh, follow me on Instagram or this is the project that I'm up to. We will happily shout that out as well. We just we just want your five stars, please. And thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, let's get into the wands. Let's just talk about them overall at first and then we'll dive into each card so does does one of you want to get started with some like keywords and energies of the wand suit? Okay, so the keywords for the wand suit uh, are spirit, self-growth, inspiration, energy, creativity, enthusiasm, desire, movement, like movement forward, optimism, passion, perception, and initiation. Um, any kind of action and, and like the time of like through the day when the the sun's out, it's daytime, which is usually our most active time. So that's all your, your wand and your fire energy. Yeah, so great. And I was very privileged to be able to take a tarot course from Lindsay Mack over at Tarot for the Wild Soul. And I really thought her perspective on the wands was very interesting. And so I'm giving her all the credit for these next couple of uh, thoughts. But and I'm paraphrasing through all this, but um, it was just so unique in the perspective. And I think it we all need to give, you know, listen to yourself. Of course, there's no rules in the tarot, as we all say all the time. And so while those classic meanings of wands are still valid and certainly resonate, you know, be open to maybe what the wands mean for you. And what I learned from Lindsay was that the wands are really about choosing ourselves. And even just saying that, it just kind of sinks in. And she describes the wands as inviting us to drop down into the sacred flame that lives and burns within the core of who we are. Wow. Oh, okay. I'm going to say that again, because I think anyone driving or listening, it's just so good. So Lindsay Max says the wands invite us to drop down into the sacred flame that lives and burns within the core of who we are. So wands offer that opportunity to come into a relationship with our energy. So, and that is like our vital resources, that innate flame inside. And also to take inventory of where exactly we are offering our time and our energy 
this check-in is always good. I mean, it's like, how do we feel in every moment? Is this something that's lighting our fire? Is it something that's actually like, you know, consuming us or, you know, are we needing to shift directions? And another little quote, um, little goodie from Lindsay Mack is the wands are the minor arcana suit that help us learn how to rest. And I thought that was really interesting because it's really about setting boundaries or having awareness when we feel like we have been depleted when we need to rest or alternatively, when do we need to like push the button and go like pedal to the metal? So, um, yeah. And I always like to think of, you know, what do I have energy for today? What do I have the capacity to, um, create in my life? And then, you know, what Lindsay has also asked is conversely, how do we rest? How do I rest? So just a few little thoughts there from what I learned from her course, which was, Really um, eye-opening to me and yeah, just adding a little more color to the wands conversation. Lindsay has such a way with words when it just comes to, I mean, I don't even know how else to put it except for she just has such a way with words. Like the idea of dropping down into our sacred flame. Come on, that's amazing. I know, it's such poetry. Yeah, I like the way she worded that. I'm really attracted to the way that there's both sides of the spectrum. I mean, in Druidry, there's a lot of recognizing, but, you know, it's not good to be all one side or all the other. So not all action and not all Mm. rest. So it's finding that balance in the middle. So I just, I really like the way that that all came out. Oh, thank you. Yep. And I hope it is a unique perspective of wands because it's, you know, we're at the place where we can now start uh, peeling off layers a little deeper to what we've maybe been served up as like a foundational meaning. It's like, let's expand it a little bit more. What could that look like? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, in a second, we're going to maybe talk about some misconceptions around the wand suit. Um, But to stay technical for just one second, to connect it with astrology, this is obviously the wands is the element of fire. So we're looking at the fire signs, which are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And In my practice and in a lot of, I think, other people's practices, although not everyone, certainly, the cardinal signs of each element are kind of what help us correspond each suit with a season. So in this case, Aries is the cardinal sign and Aries starts the season of spring. So I often see the wands suit as corresponding with spring. And then each card actually has its own connection to a particular planet in a sign. And I believe the way this is pronounced is called the Chaldean Method. And it's what you see in most tarot decks. It was created by uh, the Order of the Golden Dawn and I think really popularized mostly by the the Thoth or the Toth deck, however you would want to pronounce that. So I'm going to discuss that with each of the cards as we go through just to yeah, add a little bit more uh, spark to the wands here. So on, you know, the astrology piece is really interesting. And that's why even in Lindsay's course, uh, starting out with wands being spring. And so thinking about that, that really is the first of the year. And it's a great, you know, wands is a great place for us to begin. So when we think about chakras, okay, and these are our energy centers. We have seven main chakras that almost like hang off the uh, uh, coat rack of our spine or hairline. And really when thinking about this wand energy, it's very connected to 
sacral. So this is the second chakra up from the root and the solar plexus. And of course, this isn't the end all be all, but as I um, kind of was thinking about, you know, what chakras would be the most connected, these came to mind. And so let's talk about sacral really fast. This is, again, this is more of your, like where your sexual organs are. It's very much about your creativity center and joy and pleasure, right? And so think about the color of orange and it's very much about, um, yeah, just having feelings and kind of acting on them. It's the supercharge of, you know, who am I and what lights me up. And the solar plexus is just one up from the sacral. And this lives right above, like almost right underneath your rib cage area, um, just a couple of inches above your belly button, should you have a belly button. (laughs) (laughs) And the solar plexus is that golden sun yellow. And this is really our personal power center. And so this is like Mm. who we are. And definitely it's about um, like a balanced would be that it's just, yeah, you're kind of uninhibited. You respect yourself and others very much kind of stepping into your power. And usually it's, yeah, just if it's aligned, then you're feeling very confident and securing yourself. And so, yeah, just a couple of thoughts. Um, And then not really like part of the chakras, but connected to our physical health and being, I was thinking about our adrenal system and the hormone balance there. And even just in Ayurveda, the mention of Agni, which is just your digestive Mm -hmm. fire. So this is connected to our overall health and vigor. So in in Ayurveda, we call it good ojas. Ojas means that you are alive with life. It's like everything's humming. And in my mind, it's just very much in line with that wand's fire energy. Yeah, I love uh, connecting that to the digestive fire. That just, I'm not really sure why, but as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, fire is good. And it's like we're transmuting that, you know, any, anything we eat, we di- digest it and transmute it into energy, mm. which just goes along with the whole one yes. theme. All right. Well, shall we <laughs> chat about some misconceptions then? As far as misconceptions, though, I don't really have a whole lot to bring forward. I mean, I, I always have, and I'm not sure how to word it. So it was really difficult for me to, to articulate. Um, but I find a lot of times the any of the wands, especially the court cards, a lot of them are tied into the ego, like an unhealthy ego balance and, and you know, uh, arrogance and things. And I don't know where that comes from because I've seen it. I've seen the pattern. And to me, it just doesn't fit right. It's, I mean, it's kind of like that whole, it's like, don't mistake ambition for arrogance. You know, they just, they have a drive. So I think that's the major misconception that I can even bring forward. Yeah, I definitely see that. I wonder if that's more the shadow side of things, you know, when we let it get out of control maybe, but not enough emphasis on the other side of that being, you know, confidence and like owning your power and not being afraid to shine. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Jess, I totally cut you off. Nope. Oh, I just, it's good. Um, yeah, I had a few that I was thinking about, uh, you know, when we think of wands energy, especially if you're new to tarot, you have the books and be like, it's all about action, mm-hmm. action, action. And, you know, honestly, that that's really old school thinking and wands energy does not necessarily mean pedal to the metal. Like I've got to go because think about it. There's a lot of people that just 
don't move through the world that way. I mean, I have six kids and (laughs) I got a few of them that that certainly doesn't even describe what they do yet. You know, they're still in the world creating and, and accomplishing things, but it wouldn't be like what I would uh, typically say is like wands, fire and energy. So, and that's the other thing I was thinking of too. It doesn't have to be a ton of that fire energy to be considered one worthy. Mm. And I say wand worthy because, you know, fire can be very different. It can be embers that are just really hot, but super low. And, you know, we've all been to the, around the campfire when it's like that perfect marshmallow roasting uh, level or then, you know, roaring, it can be a candle flame. It can be a match or as we experienced uh, over the summer, these forest fires. So it's all different, but all are fire energy. And so I really like to think of it as, you know, don't just think of it as like, I've got to be balls to the wall um, if it's going to be a wand. I really like that thinking about all the different kinds of fire because it just makes me think of the different astrology signs, you know, like Aries is the spark. Leo is the sustained fire, you know, in the, in the bonfire. And then, yeah, Sagittarius can sometimes be that wild forest fire and they're all equally fire. Ooh, so good. All right, cool. Well, should we jump into the ace? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Ace of wands. Jekinovia, what do you got? Well, okay. So for our key terms for the ace, we have opportunity. We have creative venture, a new leaf, spark of life making magic. Um, I see this also as like a new business venture, like something creative that you're bringing to life in that respect. So in terms of the astrology, when we're looking at the aces of all of the suits, it's really just the root of the element or the essence of the element. So obviously here with the ace, we're looking at the root of fire or the essence of fire. And to me, the words that kind of came to me as I was thinking about this is the idea of energy manifesting into matter. You know, we take up that gift of the ace of wands and it's like putting our dreams into something tangible. Yeah, to go along with that, that purest potential of the suit. Like, I really love thinking of it like that. And almost like it's being offered to us. Are we going to take it, whatever that suit is, the element of the suit, and do something with it, work with that thing? And I think with the fire energy, you know, I've talked before about that emotional intelligence check-in. So that's where I'm like, the ACE really gives us that opportunity to you know, go inward with how do we feel about it? Is this a no? Is this a hell yes? Like, do I, am I leaning forward when I think about this? Am I pulling away? And what does that indicate as far as like my response to it? So yeah, thinking about just that pure potential of what the suit is. Yeah. And like, what do you, yeah. What are you ready to bring to life? What's really lighting you up? Yeah. And also, um, (laughs) It was really interesting. I was doing some research on on uh, this. And if you are getting questions maybe about where it's like the symbolism in the card or it's more of like what it represents, you know, a lot of times it can actually mean, you know, a wand mm. or even like sexually, it could yes. be, you know, the, the phallic symbol. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, be creative. And when you get your ace, maybe, maybe it's the purest potential of something uh, starting for you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sometimes the ACE does make me think of, you know, 
just connecting it also with Aries, with springtime. It's like, it's the spark of life. It's birth in a way. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like that spark of inspiration too, just before that mm. aha moment or, you know, that spark of, like you were saying, a, a new life before it springs forth. All right. Well, moving on to the two of wands. So key terms that you might think about with two, and we should also caveat this with, these are not the only keywords to use, of course, you know, of course. there's probably a long list for every yeah. number, but this is really about planning, having vision, um, thinking about, you know, the world is in your hands. The world is your oyster, defining the possibilities, maybe even waiting to move while things align or having choices. So in terms of the astrological stuff, this is Mars in Aries. And so each card also has a title that comes from the Thoth deck. And so this one is called Dominion. And I think it's that I think it has this title because Mars is at home in Aries. So Mars is or sorry, Aries is one of the signs that Mars rules in like traditional astrology. And so dominion to me is like taking control over or or taking charge of what's in your control. So Mars is this planet of passion, desire, ambition, and willpower. And Aries is a sign of pioneering and beginnings. And it's very assertive. So coming together, this is, you know, channeling your energy into starting something new. There's a very like, just do it energy here. And it's a bit of like a, a trailblazer type thing. Yeah. And even symbolically on the card, let's say you take the typical standard or Smith weight representation of the two of wands. You have the figure in the card grasping the wand with their left hand, which is typically the receiving hand. It's considered more of that feminine energy. And then when we talk about the three, he's uh, shifting the placement of the hand to the right hand holding the wand. And so it's almost like we're receiving the download and with the three of wands, it's the action or putting it into action. That's so interesting. So now I'm looking at the ace. And I mean, I guess we can assume that with the ace, it's the right hand as well. So, wow. I never even thought about the hand placement there. Yeah, for sure. And then questions that might come up are just, you know, how can we move forward? Just figuring that out. Or are we too focused on the details? Have we not given them their due? Are we playing it small, even with the world in our hands? You know, just pondering life. Like we've received the ace. What are we going to do with it? Beautiful. Yeah. And I like the idea too. um, Like if you're, if you're too focused on getting every little piece right, is that you honestly trying to pay attention to the details or is that your way mm-hmm. of procrastinating? Are you stopping yourself from moving forward and finding excuses? And then on the other hand, are you jumping too fast? Have you actually gone over everything and made sure you're not missing anything? Yeah, there is a bit of a balancing act there too, especially because, I mean, Mars and Aries, it's well set up because like I said, Mars rules Aries. So it's at home. It can do Mars things really easily, but Mars is really fiery and ambitious and it can be, and mixed with Aries, it can be a little impulsive. So it's, yeah, it's that balancing act. I mean, it's a two, right? So. Yeah. I'm thinking about the reversal where we're not really going into the reversals for the sake of time. That's We did a reversals episode in season one that I highly recommend you go back and listen to if you missed it. 
and we can, uh, you know, take other episodes to really go into reversals, but with the inverse of that too, it's kind of that analysis paralysis mm. situation where you are doing what Jack Canovia was saying, where it's just like, I'm just, I'm going to wait till it's perfect before I take that step. And really, um, is it ever perfect? No. <laughs> Exactly. And I like always looking too at that globe, like it's a scrying ball. Like maybe, maybe it's time for some divination. Maybe it's time for cards or your crystal ball, cup of tea. And, you know, let's, let's plan this out, but let's use our intuition as well as our, you know, our brain. Love that. I'm uh, sure there's got to oh, be yeah. a deck out there where the two of wands actually has like a crystal ball instead. If that doesn't exist, let's get on it. <laughs> then Any somebody idea. make that happen yeah. because I want it. <laughs> All right. So the key terms for three is expansion, travel, um, being on a threshold, on a precipice, um, success, uh, a teacher and student relationship. That's a new one for me, actually. I'm really having fun tossing that one around. So I'm glad that it was brought up. Uh, Yeah, it's like that step that just before you take that first step. And this card always makes me think of that scene from the Lord of the Rings movies. Now, I don't think this was in the book. I don't remember this being in, in the book, but the Fellowship of the Ring when Sam and Frodo are on their way, on their journey. And, and Sam pauses and he says, if I take one more step, I'll be the farthest away from home I've ever been. And that's, that's just what I think of with the three of the yeah. five ones. Oh, great series. In fact, we watched that with the family a few months ago. I have to admit, I hadn't seen all of the movies until then, but I was such a fan. And, you know, I always think about with the third wand, now that we have it, it's like, yeah, what can we do to light it up and offer it, whatever the call was from our spirit or soul in that matter. So it's like, okay, we had two, now we have three. It's that creation point. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of like a synthesis point. And the the teacher and student thing, that also comes from Lindsay Mack. I took her course a year before Jesse did. And one of the things that Lindsay brought up for the three was this idea of being in both of those roles at the same time. And so it always makes me think of a college grad who has come so far, but is still really at the beginning, but is so excited to share what they know at this point, but is still learning. So that's kind of what I mean with the, with the teacher and student thing. Yeah, makes sense. I like that. So then in terms of the astrology, we've got the sun in Aries and the title being virtue. So the sun is exalted in Aries, which means that the sun is like kind of a special guest when it visits Aries. It's um, sometimes I like to think of it um, and this might not be the experience for everybody, but it was for me. So when I used to go to my grandparents' house, it was a very comfortable visit all the time. You know, like I could kick up my feet and my grandmother would bring me anything I asked for. And it was a very easy time for me. So that's kind of how I feel when a planet is exalted in a sign. Hmm. Such a like beautiful metaphor. Yeah, I know. I, I always that. That's a, that made me feel warm and fuzzy. Right. And that's, I think, the way that the planet feels when it's in one of those signs. It's just it has an easy time doing its thing, but it also it's like it's just a VIP kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. So the sun is our identity, our personality, where we shine, where we find our authenticity and it's our life force. And again, Aries is very independent. It's a leader. 
So the three could be this moment when we're seeking recognition for breaking some kind of ground or we're thinking about ways to initiate and explore further. This is still very the first, uh, a very early or first step into something new. And it's definitely still about going after what you want with that sun and Aries energy driving you forward. Yes. And it's, you know, again, the question, do I have what it takes to take this vision all the way through? Like, let's get started. It's kind of an empowering card. It's a very empowering card. It can be. At one point, it was my favorite card in the deck. Oh, nice. It gives me Christmas Eve vibes. Like, if I'm being honest. Oh, interesting. Like, it's just like, you're so excited for something. It's not there yet, but it's, it's right there, you know? Yes. Oh, I totally get that. So that's also kind of like, right, like just all of Scorpio season right until my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. There we go. First full circle all the way back to Scorpios are just waiting for Scorpio season. (laughs) (laughs) Every season, every episode should mention Scorpio season. And then when our listeners hear it, they have to like, you know, there's something they have to do. Yeah, I mean, some of you can play a drinking game. Other people, I don't know. We'll we'll come up out. We'll come up with something else for those of you who don't necessarily drink. We'll think of something. Buy a new crystal. <laughs> We're gonna have a lot of angry partners calling in. Uh oh. I know. I know. It's like it's all about the Scorpio season. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to four. Our four here. So this is uh, typically about celebration and homecoming, letting down your hair really having joyful moments and structured play. So happiness, freedom, it could be very uh, domestic connected. And also if you think about fours, they're kind of our um, dropping in within our numerical lineup here. And so when you think about what the wand energy is, when it gets structured with those four wands, it's very much about security there. And I always like to say that this is your reminder that it's time to play a little bit and to shut down the work because really what lights us up creatively, our joy, like fire up that sacral and solar plexus chakra, it is about play. So remember to play and remember to enjoy where you're at and to bring the joy into your life. And then there's always time to work later. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Lindsay also says like the structured play thing, which always made so much sense to me. Yeah. Like give ourselves an opportunity. We, we need to almost, even if you have to schedule it in, yeah, <laughs> do it. If that's how you operate, yeah. great. Schedule time to play. Yeah. Like and, sometimes and put priority on it. Yeah. It's like a doctor's appointment. Yeah. It should be just as important as everything else on your to-do list. I've been known to set an alarm that says, Okay, it's break time. Go go away from your desk now. <laughs> yeah, go dance. And and really, this is so much about health. It, it impacts your immunity, people. Like mm-hmm. bringing creativity, bringing the joy, bringing the movement, get that prana flowing. Like there's a reason why this is kind of your little pause before contraction. It's like, okay, let's let's get playful. Let's have some fun. I always see this card too as kind of like a, a refresh, like refresh your space, redecorate, do something that changes and shifts the energy. Ooh. So just, you know, the garlands and stuff. So it's, it's almost like even if you can't do anything major, just do something small that's just going to shift that, the energetics in your space or in your mind. 
Yeah, what Jackanovia is seeing in this card right now is, oh, I need to get out my Christmas garden garlands and start decorating. <laughs> yes, yes, you are correct. Got to get up my Yule wreaths. <laughs> well, I love that you say that piece about decorating and freshening up the space because it leads right into the astrology of the card, which is Venus and Aries and Venus is this planet of, I mean, it, it's it's about like love and beauty and pleasure, but it's also about the senses and, you know, aesthetics and all that kind of stuff. And so that makes perfect sense here. Venus is this planet that brings people or brings things together. And as I've already mentioned, Aries is this like independent, very enterprising sign. And so I see this as kind of the joining of business and pleasure in a way, but certainly the call to celebrate maybe something about the work that you've been doing. And so that idea of, yeah, taking the break to honor all the work that you've been doing and kind of finding a balance there. And it's it's kind of like that time to take that break and re-spark the joy of the creative project. And this is, you know, I, I like I've always seen the keyword brought up before or not the keyword, but maybe um, the delineation that like this could be about a marriage or some kind of, you know, unity uh, type celebration. And I've never really I mean, I've gotten it, but just the Venus aspect of everything. Now I really get it because it's it's yeah, it is this moment to celebrate, let your hair down if you need to be in that moment of joy, but just know again, like, yeah, it's just that break, but so much more is still to come. As you're saying that, what comes to mind is like the Dharma card, right? And Dharma is really your sole purpose, your work. And and Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean your professional label or what you do, you know, but it's like, what are you here to create? And so maybe if you get this card, it's like really a check-in with the soul, like both Jekinovia and Jasmine have said, it's like, okay, how can we, like, where is the joy? What, what are, what is our action in connection to that, that joy? So very cool. All right. Well, let's dive into fives then. So we've got some conflict, competition, medicinal mess, which that one is really interesting. I, I really thought about that one for a bit. Very interesting. Um, chaos, a learning curve, a lack of focus, but plenty of passion. So maybe misdirected energy, um, detaching from an outcome. And then uh, one other thing that I always think of when, when with the five of wands is it's sometimes it's about making a mountain out of a molehill. Like maybe, maybe this debate or this fight isn't quite as important or as serious as we think it is. So is it really worth our time? Is it really worth our focus at this time? Mm, yeah. I put a little note there that it's kind of like, what needs to be burned away? You know, what is mm. really just causing some of that contraction and not the contraction isn't, you know, while we may not enjoy it while we're in it, it certainly serves a purpose to push us forward. Right. Right. Kind of the same way a fever kind of serves a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Gotta burn all so that the medicinal mess. Once again, it's a it's a Lindsay Mack thing. Thank you so much, Lindsay Mack. Um, but just this idea of sometimes things need to be messy and the mess can teach us and just to sort of surrender to it and allow it to, I think in her course, she talked about like, okay, it's like when you're moving and everything is just, you know, all over the place, but 
it kind of has to be that way. And then everything comes together the way you want it to, but you have to go through that sort of period of mess. And that's kind of a, it's kind of a surface example, but it, it does the, the trick to illustrate that. I love that. So in terms of the astrology, we have Saturn in Leo and the title of the card is Strife. So Saturn is in detriment in Leo, which means that it's in the opposite sign of a planet that it rules. So the energy is a little bit weakened when a planet is in detriment. Saturn is a planet of boundaries, time, discipline, authority, and responsibility. And Leo is this sign of express. It's very expressive. It's a performer. It's full of charisma. And so the five of wands could be a difficulty in expressing ourselves. It's creative blocks. It's, and then, and then because of that, it's maybe the inability to sort of trust our self-worth because we're not creating or we're having a difficulty in that creation. And so I think that maybe part of the message here is to find creative ways to work through the limitations. Mm. Yeah, good. And then questions that, you know, we can use, especially when working with this card or if the card comes up is, you know, why are we resisting that chaos or that medicinal Mm -hmm. mess as Jasmine mentioned, you know, how does it make us feel? And then why does order or organization feel so much safer? And then Mm -hmm. in the contractual state, you know, can we just let it unfold without feeling like we need to react emotionally, going back to what Jack Novia said about this mountain out of a molehill. Is this really as big of an issue as we're making it up in our mind? We know our minds can go crazy on us and create all sorts of stories that are not true. And so it's kind of stepping back from the being in it and kind of looking at it from an outside shift and being like, okay, what is actually happening here? Let's find the truth and then be mm-hmm. able to yeah. dissect what is not truth, remove it, and then grow from that. Yeah. And I, to go back to your point, Jekinovia as well, I have seen people uh, sort of talk about this card as like, maybe the figures are actually just playing. Like maybe they're not fighting at all. And maybe we're sort of, like you saying, like we're sort of misunderstanding the energy that's there. So yeah, stepping back and finding the truth of it. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, it goes with that, you know, maybe maybe this is just a, a chance to have some friendly competition rather than, mm. you know, going for the throat. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about perspective. Again, are they playing? Are they fighting? Am I really in this mess or am I creating the mess in my mind and it's really not right. the way it seems? Yeah. It's interesting to think too, is how we see it. Does that, is that maybe reflecting something within us? Like, why are we seeing it that way? It's a mirror moment. Like what about that is kind of triggering or bringing up the discomfort? Wow. Go there. Cause yeah. that's the stuff that needs to be cleared out. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cause I'm sure that there's times that we've drawn this card and it feels more playful than other times. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah. And fives are, you know, we get, we get a little stuck and sticky in the fives, but they really are there to bring us into a new place, shift us, shift the energy of it. If we don't have the contractual times, we're just going to stay status quo and we never grow. And the brain needs to be persuaded, pushed, maybe even kicked really hard in the rear sometimes to get us (laughs) to move and 
Yeah. And even looking back on five moments, like I can think of times in my life where it seemed very five of wands, maybe um, more on the, we're fighting and in a big battle, but then looking back on it, it's like, oh, it is, I see it so differently now. Yeah, for sure. Well, and if we don't move through this sort of period of contraction, then we can't really get to the state of expansion, which really leads us into the six. Oh, it does. So all the sixes can bring us that expansion. And with the six of wands, this can be very much about victory or being on top of your game, that leadership, um, getting acclaim, winning at something. Um, Jackanova, you have some really great notes here, but uh, I really want to say that it's like when you put time and energy into something and it's paying off, that's what our sixes can often be. I do like that, that the whole it's paying off, like you're, you're just having, getting those, the, the early hints that, you know, keep going. It's, it's that little bit of encouragement you need sometimes just to keep going. Um, some of the things that I see when I see this card are like coming, coming back to who we are so it, or, or something that matters to us, a passion maybe that we've let go of, being recognized, like you were saying. So you're starting to get these little hints, um, being careful not to let the ego come into play. Um, and also, too, there's usually a message, not, I shouldn't say usually, sometimes there's a message that make sure that your goal isn't to be popular or to be adored. Like, mm. you know, your an audience shouldn't be your final goal. You should be doing it because it's fulfilling. Um, and it should just be, a, a, any popularity you gain should just be a side effect of your hard work. And it's not your end goal. Yeah. Hmm. I, sorry, I'm just, I'm totally lost in the card and thinking about that angle of it. Like, you know, what do the followers mean if there's nothing... If there's nothing there for you after some of them go away or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in terms of the astrology, this is Jupiter in Leo and the title is victory. Jupiter is a planet of expansion, luck, optimism, and even faith. And again, Leo is very expressive, confident. It's a creative fire, just like sort of the one suit itself. But So this is really, I mean, it's the spotlight. It's taking the recognition that you've earned and it is a boost to say, yes, keep expanding. You're moving in the right direction. Yes. Yeah. And like Jekka Novia was hinting to, how can we lift ourselves up without the need for others to do it for us? So it's like, can I celebrate myself? Do we give ourselves that gift? It's so hard often for us to acknowledge Mm. how far we've come and the lessons that we've learned and how we've changed. I mean, even going back over a couple of months from, I mean, it doesn't have to be like we're talking years here. It can be, gosh, today, <laughs> what did <laughs> I accomplish? You know, can I celebrate something today? And then also just being uh, available to step into greater responsibility or leadership. You know, how can we push ourselves when maybe it's not our first inclination to do so? We're not all gifted with that Leo energy. Some, right. It's a little bit harder for us to channel it. And but this is a great card to remind us that, you know, it's all in what we choose and there should be, everyone should be proud of the fact that they just made it through the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes that's what we need. Yeah. Sometimes a shower is a big deal. For sure. <laughs> I, I actually, I really like what you were saying, Jess, about, um, lifting ourselves up rather than seeking it out from others. And I think that can also be expanded into 
not seeking validation from others right? and not needing someone else to tell us that we're good at something or to tell us that we're qualified for something just to know it within ourselves. Yeah. And that's, and that's real Leo energy too, because, you know, so often I think Leo gets stereotyped as, um, wanting attention and being showy. And I think that can be a shadow side, but Leo is a performer for the sake and for the love of performing. Like they just want that spotlight because they genuinely love being there. So I I feel like that's a really nice tie in there. All right. Who's up for seven? Okay. So you're seven. So moving into those sevens, we've got the key terms. It's like confrontation, defense mechanism. This card, I don't know what it makes me prickle. I never liked the seven of wands. Um, <laughs> But like feeling overwhelmed, you know, protective, challenged. And with the seven of wands, I always feel like too, there's there's that aspect of making sure you're taking the higher ground rather than stooping down to someone else's level. So, you know, it's what it's again coming back to the, is it really worth the argument? Is it really worth my time? Well, and thinking about the perspective is everything. And I know that others, and it's the same, I think, when we get into the nines, it's, you know, is this really what it is? But as I'm looking at the Smithwaite version, I haven't really seen it this way before. But I think about when, like, say I've climbed up on top of something, um, like I'm on top of a, a trailer and I'm like maybe throwing um, things to my kids, like, okay, here's your snow, here's your snow boot, and here's your ski or here's your whatever and it's like what if we shifted this view of what is in the Smithwaite uh figure you know looks like he's in a defense mode but what if he's just picking up those wands and throwing it to everybody below being like okay here's your wand here's your wand let's go Ooh, you know, make yeah. some magic. that's a cool way of looking at it mm-hmm. but i'm sure there's other interpretations of this card that isn't so friendly but he looks like he's exerting himself but there may just be room that he's actually kind of just helping, helping everybody out. Yeah, true. And it's like, cause, okay. So I always notice the two different shoes that this figure is wearing. And so a lot of the times that makes me think like, well, it's been a day for this dude. And he is just like, or they are just trying to keep it together. But I mean, maybe they have been so focused on, yeah, helping the, helping others, helping empower others and giving them the ones that it, they were just like, I don't know, who who cares about shoes at the end of the day? <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Love that. Yeah. All right. So for the astrology, we've got Mars in Leo and the title is Valor, which is just like courage and bravery. And I'm sure all of you knew that, but I had to click the define. So I wrote down some other keywords there. <laughs> So Mars, as I've talked about already, is a planet of passion, desire, ambition, and willpower. And Leo is proud and bold and loyal and generous. And so this is kind of a card of an amplified personal power. There's some confidence here. And we're fighting for what we believe in. And that's for better or for worse, honestly. Like, I mean, sometimes we can, I mean... I think be a little bit prideful and and lose sight of why we're fighting for something or it is genuinely, you know, standing your ground and standing up for something that you believe in. Um, and I think going back to that sort of more shadowy side of, of standing up for and fighting for things, this could get a little showy, a little performative. Maybe it's like some optical allyship that we want to reel in and find the truth of and um, really get that under wraps and find out what we're fighting for. And it could also be just taking risks. 
Yeah. And it's like, we don't want to step back into the contraction mode of the fives. We've right. we've seen the success of the sixes and now it's worth fighting for. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, I'm always looking to see like what the story is from ace through 10. And sometimes I struggle with that, but I really like that link between the three cards there. Yeah, it's good visual. And honestly, I don't know that I've given it that much attention before this. And, you know, it, even that connection of the fives, it's like, is the threat that we're feeling either that we need to take a stand against, is it real or is it something that we are creating yes. in our own minds? And then also, you know, are we keeping our true self in a, in that limited state, that contractual state for fear of not being accepted for who we are? we really are being the person that doesn't wear matching shoes. I mean, that can be really vulnerable for someone. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, true though. Right. I mean, especially for somebody who uses their intuition to get dressed every day, like me, <laughs> I feel like having the two different shoes might really impact my day. Okay. If you're ever like feeling that the outfit of the day is with two different shoes. You've got to post a picture and just be like, you know what? I wanted to wear two I different shoes. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I used to only like exclusively wear two different colored socks as a child. I refused to wear matching socks and it drove my parents crazy, but that was just me. Oh, so fun fact. I love those little <laughs> nuggets. It's just like the, the Jasmine just coming out. We need to bring that back. My, well, my kids do that. They will actually mismatch socks on purpose so that they can wear mismatched socks. Sure. I mean, why not? It's fun. It creates a little bit of havoc for the laundry situation. I'm just going to say, as, although <laughs> I, I don't do my kids' laundry, <laughs> do it themselves, but back in the day. I'm wondering if that's why my parents were like, no, 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 enough of this. Yeah. For anyone with kids, you know, there's like never matches. And so you just go, with, you just throw them all in a drawer and just let them yeah, with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eights. Wow. Moving through. So this is very much about movement. Uh, it could be news or speed, progress, maybe a quick trip or a quick change, some action. And I always think this is like working with things that are moving, flowing, aligning, or shifting very much like momentum cards. Jacinova, you had a note on this and I'll let you kind of deliver a few more terms here or thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, like there's like that need to be on your feet. Uh, you want to be ready to just make really snap quick decisions, you know, if it comes up. Um, or maybe you have way too many options and opinions that you're considering and that are being thrown at you right now. And you need to just say no or set some boundaries or, you know, just knock out everybody else's voice and choose for yourself for once. Yeah, this could be your get your shit together card. I don't know mm -hmm. how, like, if you yeah. look, it's like, can we just like clean house here? Can we just yeah, get that order and <laughs> This was a card that used to come up for you a lot, right, Jesse? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And I always took it to mean like, okay, I've got to focus. I've got to get all mm. of these ideas. And, you know, I'm very frenzied in my life anyway. I love doing a, mil a million things at once. And it's great. <laughs> I consider it like one of my superpowers and like super ADD. And I've made it work for me. And it's a reminder to be like, can we just focus? Let's focus right. and get this cleared up so that we can actually make progress and check some things off our to-do list. Yeah. I mean, I love that you can see that about yourself and just go with that flow, but also remember to slow down that flow, I guess, at some times. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's, and it, I think it can, yeah, be more of a strategic card. It's like, let's have a plan mm -hmm. here. Yeah. 
Okay, so in terms of the astrology, this is Mercury in Sagittarius, and the title is Swiftness, which I think makes perfect sense. So once again, we have another planet in detriment. And uh, as I said before, so this is when a planet feels sort of weakened. And I think specifically when we see Mercury in Sagittarius, the word scattered feels really appropriate, especially with the Eight of Wands. So Mercury is, of course, our planet of communication, thinking and learning and travel. And Sagittarius is this philosopher, visionary, big picture kind of energy sign. And so things can feel a little abstract uh, with Mercury and Sagittarius, a little over your head, fast and far reaching. You know, we're mixing the speed of Mercury with the exploratory nature of Sagittarius. So things might feel difficult to grasp or, as I said, scattered in terms of communication. Maybe you're going on a lot of tangents. Maybe you're thinking a lot of things all at once. Maybe you've got, you know, as Jesse was saying, a million things on the go, right? And it's just, it's a time when you're covering a lot of ground really quickly. And that can also, I mean, that can be for better or for worse, depending on where you're at. So sometimes it's just a reminder of being patient while something Mm. unfolds and the situation just kind of needs to play out and we just need to be okay with waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because those wands are in transit, right? So there's nothing you can do. Yep. There's definitely. Well, I mean, There's, there's things you can do, but what's in your control and what's out of your control. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And then also just preparing yourself like, okay, what can we do to be in preparation for what's coming? And we're getting towards the end of the numerology in the suit. And so the cycle is wrapping up. So maybe there's just some odds and ends lessons to be learned while we kind of move um, towards our final, you know, 10 level 10. Last minute cleanup. All right. So nine key terms. Okay. So this is like the final stretch and how to self-care while you've, while you've been hustling. Um, possibly a setback. So it might be a little discouraging, but you know, still stand up, stand your ground. Don't be too discouraged. Um, obstacles, reaching that burnout, you know, that threshold of the burnout. So it's like almost a warning sign. Um, endurance, perseverance, boundaries. Um, for me, it can also mean like, being really suspicious, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like maybe you've experienced something that, and now it's kind of affected where you are right now. So just like allow the past to just fall away. Don't let it keep, uh, you know, affecting where you are right now. So in terms of the astrology, this is the moon in Sagittarius and the title is strength. The moon is our emotions, our intuition, self-reflection, receptivity, and it's kind of maybe a side of us that we only really reveal to those that are super close to us. And again, Sagittarius is that visionary energy, the big picture, the explorer. And so to me, when I was trying to break this down, the thing that kept coming to my mind was like maybe trying to find stability in this movement because this card always reminds me of like, okay, things have been you know, a little bit wild. We're, we're coming out of that rushed energy of the eight and we're still kind of going. We've got to find these small moments of self-care as we move through this, but to find some stability and safety in that as we're moving through it. Um, and then remembering the big picture and channeling sort of that internal optimism of remembering what was fueling you to go through this in the first place. And sort of feeling an emotional drive to fight for ourselves through this time. Yeah, it's so perfect that it is the strength, uh, I guess, 
energy astro- mm. astrologically because it is the reminder that we've got to push through. We've got this. It's like we're so close, right? And you know, maybe that check-in of okay, what do I actually need in order to just keep this going? And you know, or if it's feeling so overwhelming, what can I do for myself? Um, yeah, again, that that check-in, and then really, it's like. You know, there was a reason, like you said, that you've been moving through the cycle, remembering what that is so that it can just really propel you to the goal. Yeah. What do you guys make of the, I mean, of course, this is just in the Smith weight and it's probably in some other decks that uh, have sort of grown out of the Smith weight, but what do you guys make of the bandage around the figure's head? You mean the sweatband? Because he's been working so hard. He's sweating. Ah, okay, oh, okay. Oh. sweatband. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that take. I've always seen yes. it as like, you know, injury from the past. And that's why I always mm. get that whole like bringing past trauma into the present. Yes. yes. But I like the 80s sweatband much better. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, listen, I'm here for all of this. And especially anything 80s, let's have it. And I, I really like this sweatband idea. Mm-hmm. He just finished his Jane Fonda jazzercise. So. I was going to yeah. say, uh, let's get physical. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a pole dancing lesson. I mean, we don't oh. know. We're not going to judge. judge. Right. <laughs> Yes. I don't know. I think this figure, I think they need a, like a little bit of a fashion change if it's going to be a pole dancing lesson, but teach their own. That's, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe it works for some people. That's That's fine. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. And I had put uh, boundaries into the keywords because I was reading this take on the card that was super fascinating. Um, an astrologer was asking somebody who knew nothing about astrology, nothing about tarot to look at this card and they asked them, what do you think, like, what what comes to mind when you look at this card? And the person interpreted the wands as flowers and not like, and, and the astrologer was, um, I guess, taken aback by that because they had always seen it as a kind of the wands as being a sort of a fence and not, and so like more um, harder boundaries, I guess, but the idea of them being flowers was a sort of mutable boundary in a way. And just like being open to rethinking those kinds of things and, and how much are we not letting people in and how much are we letting people in and the way that that kind of flows with the moon and how we show people those sides of ourselves. I don't know. Is any of that making sense? I'm sort of just paraphrasing what I read, but Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's some good stuff. Yeah, I thought it was super interesting to see the wands as flowers and having that softer side of it come out. And, you know, he's standing in, he, the figure in the Smithwaite Nine of Wands, he's on solid ground. It's almost like mm. he's got this, yeah? You know, it's not like it's, right. I'm kind of half on a rock and half in the water or whatever. It's like, it's a pretty stable place and... What he's created is is going to get him through. Yeah. And I mean, technically, um, if you're looking behind him, like he's got a boundary set. He's good. Right. All right. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. On to the 10. On to the 10s. Okay. So this is an interesting way to wrap up the neurology. I'm always very, I feel this card, right? Um, some of the terms, going out alone, you know, can we ask for help? Is Are we carrying burdens? Is there struggles? Are we stubborn or are we determined? That tenacity, 
Can we share the wealth? Um, can, are we taking on more than we ha can handle? And then I'll thinking of it in terms of our life or even relationships that we have, is there disproportionate exchange of energy? Am I overgiving? And, or is somebody just taking, you know, is that balance there that can feel very much about the 10 wants? Um, I always just chalk it up to, I have said yes to way too much and now I'm exhausted and I'm going <laughs> to go set this pile somewhere else <laughs> because I'm tired. Yeah. I always see this card too. Like, um, maybe there's a better way to move forward. Maybe you're carrying too much baggage with you. Like, I mean, cause he's, if you, if you look at the image on the, you know, the Smith weight deck, he's carrying it in a really awkward way. So maybe we're just, we're not carrying our responsibilities um, responsibly. Maybe we need to, you know, yeah. rethink the way we're handling it, the way we're juggling, put some things down, maybe come back to them later. Um, also holding on to the judgments of others too tightly, uh, having mm -hmm. too much on the go, like you were saying, um, and trying to do more than you actually need to. So maybe set a priority list, but also don't take on responsibility from other people, which you kind of already touched on. So yeah. Yeah, and the visual of this figure hiding behind it, but yet walking and carrying it, mm. it's almost like, okay, mm. are we still not secure enough to kind of step out and be proud of whatever work that we've done in this cycle. Oh, I wonder if that's the boundaries that he's still not ready to let go from the nines. Mm, yes. <gasps> Ooh. Yes, and I also sometimes see it as the burden has become your identity at this point. Mm, yes. Can totally see that. So in terms of the astrology, this is Saturn and Saturn. Before we this go is, there. Yeah. I am sorry to interrupt, but something just came to mind. It was part of a, a an article that I read in my Ayurvedic Woman program, but it's the thought of, are we addicted to our story? And mm, what I mean by yes. that, and you triggered, it was like, okay, being like, yeah. um, have we played this part or taken on everything that we've gone through as like our burdens, as our labels are so much, and we're, you know, addicted to it so much that we can't let it down or let it go to be able to grow and expand and move on. And so really, you know, I think about not that trauma is not there and that we shouldn't work through it or it's part of us for sure. And there is a point when we have to make a choice to say, is this defining how I want to live and who I am? Can I put this down? Can I, can I close this story respectably and responsibly and create something new? So just a little thought there. Are you addicted to your story to the point where it is really leaving you in a place of stagnant and, um, I guess just lack of growth. Yeah. And it's like the, it's almost like, can we shift the wands from being in front of us to being at our side or even behind us, carrying them in a different way? Because these things still travel with us throughout life, but they don't have to define us and they don't have to be what leads the way anymore. Yes. Yes. So true. All right. Well, thank you for letting me uh, interject there. Oh, and yeah. Of course. <laughs> okay, so for the astrology, we've got Saturn in Sagittarius, and the title is Oppression, which I I see it relating to this card definitely more than the actual transit of Saturn in Sagittarius, but 
Saturn is, like I've said before, boundaries, time, discipline, responsibility. And Sagittarius is that easygoing, freedom-loving, big thinker energy. And so I kind of see this as bringing a structure to the big dreams and lofty goals that you have. And it's kind of like... um, remembering the pleasure of the goal really motivates you in the sort of chores that you have to do to get there. And if we're looking at it just astrologically, when Saturn visits Sagittarius, it really is the final stretch in like a 30-year journey before Saturn can go home to Capricorn and then into its second home, in fact, in Aquarius. So it really is just like that, those final moments, those final pushes Um, until it's going to be able to, I guess, handle things just a little bit easier. So just sort of remembering, and I mean, that that really works with the 10 of it all. You know, you're about to end one thing to begin something new. Yeah, and I would just invite maybe everyone who's listening right now to think about that thing in your life that has been very much 10 of wands oppressive or the, 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 burden of it all. And and you can fill in the blank here. It could be just the expectations of others or the programming that we were served up or any labels that we've been, you've been created, which truly aren't who we are or the religious limitations, emotional weights. And, and just whatever that is, is that keeping you from always remembering, you know, who you are at the core and are you willing to pass that along, let it go. Like, can you drop that and and just kind of release that in order to free up yeah. um, the weight and be kind of refreshed? And, you know, I think of um, sometimes when I've been sitting for a while and I'm working and I'm kind of hunched over and you just almost feel it within your physical uh, body. And this is why yoga is so beautiful, but you don't even need to be a yogi. You can, you know, stand up, put your shoulders back, even using a corner of a, of a wall and just kind of feel how that, you know, in your, in your being expanding and opening your chest area so that it's giving, you know, your body, the openness to whatever it is, the abundance that's coming. I mean, do it in the sun for even bonus points, right? Get those light codes going on. But we do spend so much time, I think in very dejective postures, not really because we want to be, but by nature of devices and work that most of us do. And so just a reminder to physically open up and and just think about posture and just breathe a little bit and expand the shoulder blades. And as I'm doing that, it's like, it just changes the countenance there. So a reminder that we don't have to feel the burden of that. We we choose, (laughs) we choose and Mm -hmm. create what we want, right? So if we're tired of carrying it, then we can, we can choose to let it go. Yeah, so beautiful. And I think we touched on it briefly, but just also the idea of, do you have people in your life maybe that you can ask for that help with or yeah, ask for help and and maybe share the wealth in terms of like, can I give you this responsibility maybe? Like, can you lighten my load a little bit and help me out with that? Yeah, control freaks unite. Like, we just need mm, to stop with mm-hmm. the <laughs> <laughs> guilty. Yep. Yep. Hi, waving. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I also do get the vibes too with that ten of wands. I was thinking about it when you were talking. Um, is instead of carrying that weight with you, are are you carrying it for a reason? Are you going to use that to say build mm. your empire? 
all those lessons you've learned and all that? Or are you going to use all that firewood to, you know, fuel your inner fire, your passion? So how are you going to use what you're carrying? Thinking ahead. Yes, Uh, I love that. And that really connects with the Saturn and Sagittarius thing of like bringing structure to the big dreams, right? So how are you using that energy? Love that. Yeah, because I mean, if you're going to carry it, carry it for a reason. Mm, Yeah, totally. Well, I learned so much about the wands. This has been wonderful. Yeah, what a fun deal. I want to chew on this. Yeah, yeah, this was really great. Everybody out there, get out your wands wand suits and take a look see what comes yeah up. i mean if you can when you're listening get your favorite deck pull out the wands and like follow along i mean if you have a smith weight since that's what we're all kind of looking at as we were doing this but i found it really helpful to have the visual alongside everything as we were chatting so all right well that's it for this week and we will see you on our next episode thank you so much for listening All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tarot Coven cast. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll be continuing our journey through the suits of the tarot. And until then, everyone, keep making magic.